Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. I am Brent Young, and I am back. This is usually the time when I say, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, how are we? But I'm going to take away that question this week because after being away for, you know, a week and a half, uh, my question is to you guys, did, did I miss much of anything? Was there any really big news in, in Bearcat land? It probably seemed like a, a pretty quiet Miami, Ohio, followed up by a Murray State game. Probably not too much going on in the, uh, in the Bearcat world. So a pretty good week to go abroad and kind of be taken away from everything, right? Did you listen to Thursday's episode of Chad's podcast? I did, actually. I did. Same joke, Brent. It's the same joke. What's the joke? <laughs> Nothing's going on, huh? <laughs> well, none of them Quietly. were abroad, so they should have been right ahead, right in front of everything. I thought you were better than that. Oh, I'm way better than that. Believe me. Believe me. By the way, your guys' impressions, I know it's questions of the BBP mailbag. I've got to give it to Aaron because Chad, Chad fumbled the Bearcat Bounce podcast back at it again. Aaron, you had the how are we? Which <laughs> I don't sound quite that annoying, but it definitely does sound annoying. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we? I'm hanging in there. One day at a time, man. Yeah. 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 Aaron and I are having a competition this past month on <laughs> Who can have the worst week, week to week? And uh, I think I've got a decent lead on him right now. Right. Uh, that's but, not a good thing. No. No, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not to, a good thing. Care to dive into those before we move on, or or, or should we put those on the back burner? No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. No, no. Everybody knows Kelly's situation. She's doing right. better. So, Aaron, well, that's, that's good to hear. Aaron, you doing all right over there in your humble abode as well? I got to find a job. All right. Anybody's hiring. Aaron needs a job. Fans of the BBP. Aaron Smith looking for a job. Look, he... I'm not. I'm not kidding, bro. If you need a job, we'll get you a job. Somebody here listening to this podcast has a job. What are you? What are you looking for? Let, let's let's do your resume here at the start of the podcast. Well, I, like I mean, this. truthfully, I'd like to do something working from home, if at all possible. I, I think there's plenty of those jobs, but I'd also like to make a certain dollar amount, and that's kind of a a, a hard line that i have to draw in order to pay my monthly bills so if there's people who are interested let's just say it's it's his dms are open <laughs> yeah dms are open resume is already updated aaron smith looking for a job friends of the bbp friends of the bcj let's get this guy a job what do you say sign on the dotted line i'm all for it i'm all for it but something else that chad you signed on a <laughs> dotted line for was the pregame shows Open at Mio's. Tell me, week one, Murray State game. How did it go? Oh, uh, it didn't happen. Okay, so we're gonna postpone there it was, again. Yeah, there was there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that kind of have has been a block in the road. But we will be guaranteed, no questions asked. We will be live eleven o'clock. Holy Grail Banks, me, and my somewhat less famous co-host Tony Pike. Never heard of the guy. So uh, that should be he played quarter. Awesome. I think he played quarterback here. Really? Hmm. I think so. Panthers. I think. Ah, he, oh. Yeah. He, he had, he, he, they oh. got a statue of him outside. The Carolina the Panthers. Okay. Yes. I do remember him. By the way, did you see that crazy graphic of the Carolina Panther in the pregame show? If you haven't, so Google dope. it. It's, it's that was pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty nice. 
it was pretty, pretty nice. sweet. But anyway, even though the pregame show at Mio's didn't happen, the game on Saturday did. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I landed at O'Hare Airport in Chi-Town. A nice, you know, midway through the first quarter, into the second quarter, got our bags, and then and then was able to to watch the second half on the way home. But boy, oh boy, seven to seven at halftime. Felt as if I was in a twilight zone. Karen, uh, Chad, I like. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a back seat here. Apparently, Aaron has a whole notebook full of grievances he'd like to air. Oh wow. Aaron. It's not even a whole notebook. I mean, I, I do have my notebook, but so I know everyone has been talking about how every, like the Bearcats have been playing super vanilla. And of course they have, but don't be lost on the fact that this is a team that brought back 22 starters. Quick math says that's 11 on offense and 11 on defense. They also played in the spring. So while Cincinnati was doing a spring game and still collecting their players, getting them up to speed. Murray state was actually playing games, seven of them. So it just, they kind of had the ball already rolling. So when you're running a vanilla offensive, vanilla defense, you have to execute on all cylinders. And it simply didn't happen as Des was overthrowing. And what up, Dave Portnoy? (laughs) Yeah. Video started auto playing on my computer. So, I thought I thought Dave was joining us. That would have been fun. No, the the I was scrolling Twitter and the pizza review started playing. I wanted it to be like I don't know Mio's or Holy Grail pizza review, just <laughs> popping right in the middle of the uh, the podcast here. Chad but, using a Dave Portnoy impression, of course, that could be perfect. I agree. But yeah, so you know you have to hit on all cylinders, and since I wasn't able to do it, they had two three and outs right away. They weren't hitting on third downs, as completely indicated by. The, the stat sheet there, it's, it, it, I don't know, it was kind of a perfect storm when you have the, the two, three and outs against a team that's, that's played a whole bunch of games here over the course of the last nine months. I, okay, I understand that. But still, th- this is a, it's an FCS opponent. It's a game where, and yes, FCS opponents have been playing the, you know, FBS teams pretty, pretty well this, this year so far. Because and, of what Aaron just talked about. Exactly. Like, it, it, no, it's covered. No, I'm hearing you. I, you know, Florida State lost to uh, who Jacksonville State over the weekend. You know, you which saw... is not in Florida, by the way. Oh, Georgia? No, Alabama. Ooh, Alabama, Alabama. Okay. Now so... you know. Knowing's half the battle. Why am yeah. I looking at Aaron's ass? He is. I think he's pulling out an encyclopedia, encyclopedia of FCS teams, and now he's back. We're not allowed to pick on Aaron anymore, by the way. Oh, okay. Did my did he... my Jay's dad says so? Oh, really? Yeah, he it's told like... Aaron to stop stop taking our bullshit. Oh <laughs> man, I would have loved to hear what he had to tell me. Sheesh! But quit picking on Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big that's a big man too. Is he a big fella? Ran into him again at the game. He's just a cool dude. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Which which I will I be. He listens to every show. So. Hello. Nice to he see knew you. Details. He knew details about the show we didn't know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll meet him, uh, what, so Friday, a couple Fridays, oh, pretty much a month. Grace a month us from with now. your presence? <sighs> Finally, yes, I will. <laughs> Man, it's been a whirlwind, I tell you what. But sure. anyway, 
so this is, yeah, yes. So the FCS teams are playing them well. The way that I see it, though, is what Murray State was doing was just short routes, quick hits, you know, just methodically moving it down. What, seven converted third or fourth downs in the first half? Six. Just, was, was it six? six. Four, in the, okay. four in the first They were four for four in the first quarter. Right. Two of five in the second quarter. Okay. Was that just third down? Because I think they converted the one fourth. They also got one fourth down. Yeah. yeah. So I, it just seemed as if maybe they were hitting on all cylinders with these, or maybe they were finding – because most of the first downs that they picked up were just one or two or three yards past the sticks. Yeah. The, the frust- What I would say the most frustrating part is one, two, three. Three of them, they had false start penalties on third down. Right. Right. Pushing them to third and eight, third and ten, third and eleven, right, and they still converted. Yeah, like that was that was the thing. the The Cincinnati defense's inability to get off the field on third down is right. what created that entire situation. And yes, you have to give Murray State some credit because they converted. They did. They did. Um, but you know, if if any of those passes are a little off, or right, they they get hit two yards before the sticks and they have to punt. Right. The first half looks entirely different. Right. One of those third nines, my J came around the corner real, real fast, dove and, and barely missed quarterback for Murray state. And yeah. he was able to then burst through the middle and, and pick up nine yards for a first half. So yeah, it, it just seemed like a second off here, a second off there. But when you saw, as Aaron said, kind of the vanilla thing, when they when they strayed away from that sometimes, like, you know, the first interception when when Javon Hicks was just playing center field, they brought a little pressure on that. They brought two two blitzers. They had they had five going after the quarterback. And I I don't know if it it is the whole vanilla thing that everyone keeps mentioning, or if this is possibly something where opposing coaches are like, okay, sure, even if Cincinnati is playing vanilla, if we just dink and dunk the entire you know drives and just have long drives to the point where it's com- complete on the third down move the chains get a get a quick three yards here get a quick dump pass there I, is is this a recipe to combat against the defense or do you think the vanilla is really just that much vanilla up to this point i can't recall more than a handful of plays where they sent four rushers right right so the, the jamar hicks of- one was big yeah but but part of the way that the three three five works is they want third and six, third and right. seven. Like right. that's the, that's the, the kind of the design of the defense. Right. And then you get aggressive on third down, and you force mistakes. Right. When you're not being aggressive, it opens the door for a team to do what Murray State did. Now, the difference being, the other team has to execute. And that's where credit deserves a lot of credit deserves to go to Murray state because outside of the false starts, they executed like they They did did exactly what their game plan called for. And and it's a difficult, as we saw over the course of 60 minutes, it's a very difficult game plan to execute because how many drives are you really going to be able to complete two, three, four third downs on this Cincinnati defense in order to get you into scoring range. So I, I get it. Like I get why everybody is uh, 
apprehensive over what happened in the first half of that game. But once they got the first touchdown, the offense got going. Yeah. They should have had more points, but Cole Smith misses a a 36-yard field goal. Right. And and then you go into the half and, and, you know, Des had some kind words, I believe, for (laughs) his teammates. And they got the ball rolling. and, And not only did the offense get cooking, but the defense didn't allow anything in the second half. Right. Right. Which is what kind of is, is the flip side to it all is would you take that putrid first half with a rock solid second half that they had rolling into now? What is, what is, you know, IU week. I, I think that's it, how, how bad the first half was. And then Vegas all of a sudden decided to chime in. They had a, a, the game line at 14 and a half live bet to go going into the second half and if i guess if you track the the first half you might be like okay maybe since they only wins by 14 but you get that fiery speech from desmond ritter which i would love to hear i i don't know if we can get kelsey sharkey on the phone and 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 somehow get ourselves a a nice videotape of that and just tell it tell everyone just sign a sign a you know non-disclosure agreement or something along those sorts just to hear it there's a better chance you go through a football season without a wedding Oh, <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. Sheesh. I did want to point out what? this is. This is your fourth season with me or third, third or yeah, fourth. Right. I, I think it's third, third. You've had a wedding every season, man. At I least know. one. And like, not Usually only more like they're in like San Diego and like Ireland and like, like they're, they're all over the place too. But you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 that age level, that age range that I'm in right now. They're hopefully getting them all out of the way. When I finally get <laughs> until the they, wait till you start getting second marriages, right? Hopefully not too many <laughs> with this group. But you know, when I get my knee dirty, believe me, it, it's it's going to be well away from the September all the way through December dates. Yeah, I'm not. I'm even ruling out March all the way through April. You're gonna say, Aaron, he's gonna get married during March Madness, like no the way. first oh, weekend of the please, tournament. Please. <laughs> well, did you guys see that guy for FSU who was proposing? Yeah, that's as classic. Jacksonville, as Jacksonville State. State was celebrating. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, all I saw was the cheerleaders from FSU kind of just like walking away with their faces all all flustered what the heck happened right now but geez, until the girl was... laughs at the very end of that video and that's <laughs> priceless i know it's like okay well we'll see but anyway back to the game so uh, that second half is kind of exactly what you would want going into what's now going to be a, a big test at indiana university bloomington is going to be absolutely bonkers uh, memorial stadium will be the loudest it has been in quite a while and it's going to be the first taste of a road atmosphere that this team has faced and what I guess last year at the bounce house, it was kind of loud, but it's not, it's going to be even a second, second notch above what, what this was. Georgia was a home so, game. What's a, what's that? Georgia was a home game. Right. Exactly. But I, I, I'm sure it wasn't that loud. I didn't go. So I'm sure it wasn't that loud and that big of a stadium, not, not too, too much, you know, they, they were kind of spaced out in that one as well, but, it's going to be interesting to see if that, that was a perfect second half to lead into what's going to be a, a, a tough test this upcoming weekend. But Are you, did you see this play, Aaron? Are you on Twitter? Uh, no, not currently. I mean, I have a login on Twitter. Yes. What the Reds? Uh, no, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Mets. 
shortstop for the Cardinals goes into the hole, snatches the ball, pirouettes, and throws it right into the ear of the first base umpire. Oh, man. Oh, yep. Just saw it. That's. Oh, God. Oh, his face is bleeding. I think we all watched that at the same speed. That's uh, that's not good. It's a little off. Anyhow, so I'm I'm all over the place tonight. Sorry, Barstool Sports with with a hot soup mention. Anyway, so what are the takeaways from this game? Obviously, the second half is kind of the the main player. I don't want to touch on this too much longer, but you walk away, Jerome Ford, Tyler Scott, Michael Young Jr. I it, it just seems as if there were big players that made the right plays to push the momentum heading into this weekend. Noah Davis got his first reception. So did and Peyton was, Singletary. And it was a touchdown. <laughs> I love it. That tight end room's deep again all of a sudden. <laughs> super deep, super deep. But I I mean, you've got to be happy with what you have out of, out of Jerome Ford, obviously. We've mentioned that. But, I mean, is is there nothing else to take away other than they, they righted the ship in the second half and – now it's full steam ahead to Bloomington, Indiana. I don't know. I liked hearing what Ford had to say after the game when he mentioned the fact that if he doesn't feel like he had a good play, he's not going to celebrate, and you're not going to see that out of him. And uh, just kind of interesting to hear him so self-aware. I, when's the last time that the Bearcats have had is, – is, is Ford Isaiah Pede level, you would say, I don't to, know to where can... he's, he's shifty? You haven't played anybody yet to to make that comparison. Yeah, I, I mean, with Georgia. Georgia. I mean, uh, this season right now. It, do, it doesn't erase. He's, he's still the same human that did what he did last season. <laughs> right. I mean, just, just, just that one run where he juked the guy out in the backfield and picked up, you know, 13 yards on that one. It, it just seems as if he's shifty enough to be the type of running back on that level of Isaiah Pete, obviously he's not, and he shows a bruising side as well. We're going to see about our ball security from him. Yeah. I, I noticed you asked, you asked that question. It was that uh, he's, he's definitely struggled with that last year. We saw but it a lot. last, last year he struggled with it, but they, they were good at recovering the fumbles. So it didn't right. get made into a thing. Right. It's going to be important that he takes care of the football against Indiana and Notre Dame. hundred percent. I completely agree. Aaron, Jerome Ford, what level are you seeing him at on? I, I, I mean, I, I see Jerome Ford, and I think he's, a, he's an extremely talented back and one that, uh, that definitely has next-level potential, um, more so than some of the other backs that have recently come through. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got a high enough skill level that Alabama recruited him and got his commitment. So, I mean, we haven't seen – I don't know that we've seen a guy with the, all the tools that Jerome Ford has, and I mean, since Isaiah Pede, certainly. But it should be interesting to see how many of those tools we get to see on full display the rest of the season. So, you guys were there on site. Was it – was the team kind of – did it seem like they were just going through the motions in the first half and then second half a completely different team came out, or was it more credit to Murray State? I don't think you end up with the three interceptions in the first half. If you're just going through the motions, um, you know, the defense was gassed. You're out there for in the first quarter, 128 yards, 20 plays, seven first downs for Murray state. Whereas Cincinnati had three plays and like nothing. I mean, 
it, it ended up being seven yards, three plays, and no first down. So, I mean, that's completely different. A minute and a half of time of possession. And then my next question has to be, so we talked about this defensive line and how strong they are. Was Is it just kind of scheme, offensive scheme that they've faced up to this point that has had the lack of sacks? Or is it something where, I mean, I saw a couple questions like this in the mailbag, but from your guys' points of view, what are you seeing as far as the defensive line getting to quarterback? Is it more the, the pass rush from the linebackers isn't there in this vanilla approach so far? And that might change once you bring one or two others into the mix. Well, I know Mike Sanders says that they're rotating too much <laughs> and he wants Maje to get to the, uh, the linemen more, but. Yeah. That's 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 a dad being a dad, right? Yeah, don't, sure. Don't, don't don't take my jail. <laughs> <laughs> Not I think wrong. That, would, that fixes all the problems. Not wrong. I'm with um, him. In the Miami game, they pressured the quarterback a ton. Right. But Miami, I mean, here's the thing: teams are going to know right now that you have to do two things. One, leave as many people in the block as you can leave in the block. Two, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as quickly as possible. You're not going to see that as much as the competition level increases because teams are going to say, as you get into a higher level of opponent, we're going to do what we do. Right. Right. If you play a quick hitting team, they're going to be a quick hitting team. But if you play a team that runs more of a standard offense, they're not completely changing who they are because you might have a good D line. Like, so I think the farther we get into the season, somebody, pointed it out on the board today they only had two sacks through the first two games last year the two non-con games mm-hmm. before they got into aac play and then they took off so i, I think that's a lot of it i against miami and I, I didn't see it as much against murray but they were still cognizant of it miami was leaving six seven guys in right and they were chipping with tight ends and you know doing everything they could to slow down Cincinnati's pass rush. Um, so when you're playing six or seven on four, I would hope you can keep your, your quarterback clean. Right. A, a majority of the time. Right. So I, you know, if we get now, if we get out of Miami and they, they only have one sack or they have no sacks, uh, or if we get out of Indiana, sorry, right. and they have one sack or no sacks uh, against the Hoosiers, then I think it's fair to start looking at it and saying, you know what's going on here a little bit but i just think when you're game planning cincinnati if you're a team that's of lesser talent um and if you're trying to win like i I felt like murray state was trying to win i didn't feel like miami was i feel like miami was trying to get the hell out of dodge Right, right uh although it's interesting the way they played minnesota but with their starting quarterback and running backs it was funny how that works I, Funny how that works. You were up on your soapbox about that last week. I was pissed. I think it's bullshit. And Don't. what happened this Saturday is justification for what I was saying. They played uh, Minnesota well, too. But uh, I know Minnesota's Minnesota, though. Uh, row the boat. Row um, the boat. I hope the boat sinks. Um, <laughs> but if we get through this game and, and into Notre Dame and, the, and they're still struggling to get pressure on the quarterback, uh, yeah, I think it's it's fair to be at least to raise an eyebrow and be a little bit concerned then. Uh, but like I said, I don't think they they didn't have sacks against Miami, 
Mm-hmm. But AJ Mayer was never comfortable with like that guy wasn't back there, right. you know, standing in the pocket nice and tall and picking apart Cincinnati's defense. He completed what nine passes the whole game? I think three or four of them were swing passes. Yeah. So exactly. or checkdowns. Um, that's because Cincinnati's defensive line got a ton of pressure up in his face. They just didn't get the sacks. So not overly concerned yet, but um monitoring the situation i think would be a good way to put it and how i feel about special teams let's let's talk about special teams so one one thing that james smith was obviously so good at was that he his lack of touchbacks that he had um a lot of that is due to his hang time and different things of that so you saw the one booming punt from from fletch this past weekend 50 yards but it was a touchback do you think that Mason Fletcher is still just trying to find the right niche. I thought he had a pretty good game. I mean, he hasn't had too many opportunities, but I thought that he seemed, he seems to be getting better. And then aside from that punt returning, I thought that in the second game, I, I, I watched some of the Miami game as well, going back at it. But I thought in the second game, Ryan Montgomery did a good job locating the punts and, and hauling them in. Is this still somewhat an issue as far as the special team side of things go? Or do you think it's just right now it is what it is and it's going to get better from here? I mean, Fletch had a great game. Right. Average, what, 45, 45 and a half yards yeah. per punt. Right. Two I'm inside. More- he had, I mean, he had the touchback, but guess what? You're never going to see a something like James Smith going no. four years with three touchbacks. Like, I right. – that that's not going to happen much long-term. And that was what Jimmy was really good at was having that perfect hang time where he could kick them 46 yards, 47 yards and pin you at the, at the five. Right. Right. Fletch crushed it. He did on that play. And, right. you know, maybe there is a little, uh, learning the short game, if you will, mm-hmm. right. where you don't just have, you know, you don't go full blast on every kick. If you're at the 50 or closer, um, you got to learn to have a little touch on it, which I don't think is, um, I don't think is, is reasonable to expect from a kid that's been punting in America for what he got here in December. Right. And right. I'm more worried so, about Cole Smith. Yeah, you can't, you can't, I think the, right now, I think the kicking off out of bounds is probably in his head. I think yeah. it's Bale's job to lose at this point. The kickoff job? Yeah. So, but Cole, Cole's got to then focus on, okay, I'm the, I'm the place kicker. Right. And he missed one of those too. So, so that's my point. I'm right. wondering if the kickoffs out of bounds were in his head on just down on himself when it got time to kick a field goal. Yeah. The that's yes. a, that's a weird thing about, the the kickoffs because it seems like they're doing those those directional kickoffs like like Ohio State is perfected in different teams of that sort I, where they they try and pin you you know in the court in one of the corners and maybe they're they're over trying to do that and then and then Bales came out and just booted four of them through the back of the end zone so I don't know if it's a if it's a this is we want this or we want that but who knows what the scheme exactly is but yeah the the thirty seven yard missed field goal is uh is definitely something to to raise a little bit of alert because you knock that in you've got a 10-7 lead heading to halftime and you probably don't need that 
that big rah-rah speech from Dez, but yes, you did with it being seven, seven and all eyes on the Bearcats. I, I, the main thing that I see from it is the national media grabs a hold of it and starts tweeting out, you know, saying like, meanwhile in Cincinnati, seven, seven tie between, you know, against Murray state, but it's the final score that matters. Speaking of, do you guys want to touch on this game anymore? I feel like we've kind of no, I'm good. Gotten the nitty gritty out of it. It's a, a half hour of Murray State is more than enough. It was a it was a forty two <laughs> to forty two to seven victory. We'll we'll take that anytime. Um, but the other thing coming out of this weekend is that there was another team a little bit further up north that succumbed to a a home loss. Don't care. I know. Why? Why are they, is this the Buckeye Bounce podcast? No, I'm I'm not even touching on it. Other than the fact that. Cincinnati slides one slot back in the AP poll. And I think they say the same in the coaches poll. But my question also is this as well. You saw a Notre Dame team slide back from number eight all the way to 12. And then, of course, Indiana outside of the top 25 as of right now. Those are the two teams that were supposed to be the, the real meat of the, of the schedule up to this point. Setting the table. Do you think that this is somewhat of a, I mean, Notre Dame, I don't know if you guys paid attention at all to those first two games. I'm sure a lot easier to watch the Florida state one. Yeah. They haven't looked great to say the very least, which was expected if you were paying attention because they lost a crap ton to graduation. Yes, they did. Right. The UC is going to be dealing with this next year where there's inconsistency because you have a bunch of guys that aren't trained soldiers yet. Proven. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. So with, with both of those teams kind of sliding a bit in the polls, what, what sort of effect do you guys have? Do, do you guys think this has on the, the thoughts that go into what the Bearcats do in the out of conference? Is it, is it more of a, Oh, they're, you know, they're traveling to face a one in one unranked Indiana team. Well, which has obviously lost a lot of the luster, but now I use going to treat this like, a big time game. And of course, Notre Dame's got two tough games heading into that, that one, you know, against Purdue and then obviously against Wisconsin. So does it put a black eye on the out of conference that was supposed to be very big time for the Bearcats? And now it's kind of looking as if both of these games are, are must wins. You can only play your schedule in front of you. I mean, I don't know how many years ago these contracts were set up, but I'd imagine that when these contracts were set up, Indiana was probably not looking at the top 10 or even sniffing it. And Notre Which Dame's not now. Right. <laughs> and, and Notre Dame's generally somewhere in the top 20, top 25. So I don't know. I mean, you can't knock the Bearcats for trying to challenge themselves with this scheduling. It's still a Big Ten team, it's still Notre Dame. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, you can only play the teams that are in front of you and I think they've laid out a great schedule for trying to accomplish what it is that they're trying to accomplish this year. I agree. And, and here's the thing as well, Notre Dame. So I was with a bunch of Notre Dame fans in Ireland Ugh. and uh, yeah, tell me about it so much. So to the point where I, this is a pretty interesting setting. We were, we, they rented out an Irish bar in Sligo, Ireland to stream the Notre Dame versus Florida state game. Kept all the taps open for us. Kept everything going. It was around, what, midnight, 1230 when that started. And, man, I tell you what, the, the pulse is still that 
Notre Dame is a different level ahead of the Bearcats and that no matter what, it's going to be a blowout for the Irish. And I don't know. It's, it's just kind of that whole mentality is, is a big reason why I, I hope the Irish somehow win both of those games heading into a couple of weeks from now. But of course, IU is first. And this weekend's not going to be easy, I don't think. Um, IU's got a lot of things going on, but it's, it's the crowd that I keep thinking about because I feel like this team hasn't faced anything like it up to this point, obviously, in, in what, two years? So um, one game at a time, as you guys mentioned, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the dynamic of that Notre Dame game in a, couple, in a few weeks and then, of course, this well, Saturday against IU. It's what we've talked about in the preseason. If IU and Notre Dame don't have great seasons, it'll give the talking heads something to cut down Cincinnati on. Right. But that hasn't changed. Just it, it, that's still very much, you know, the way it's going to be. Fortunately, as this thing, as time elapses, if Notre Dame, if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame, but no, like Notre Dame beats Wisconsin in two weeks. Mm-hmm. and continues to have a good season where they end with, you know, two losses or, you know, whatever, then it'll be fine. Right. If Notre Dame, this is what we said before the season. If Notre Dame's seven and five and Indiana's six and six and Cincinnati runs the table, it'll be used against Cincinnati. We, we know that's coming. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to spend any time like worrying about it. Yeah. Because that's the narrative we knew. Like, we knew exactly how it would be portrayed uh, and that they needed Notre Dame and Indiana to be strong. If they're not, then the talking heads will use that against Cincinnati. And if they are, then it'll be used to champion Cincinnati's uh, case to crack the, the playoff. I, I don't think any of that has changed. I think we're in the exact same conversation we were there. And, Aaron, as far as the conference goes, it seems as if there's, what, two games, maybe three that could, that could potentially give Cincinnati another added boost if they were to, you know, proverbially run the table. It, I mean, you do the, the roundup each week and it seems as if each week it either gets a lot worse looking or maybe a little bit of glimmer of sunshine. It seems well, as if what two or three, maybe teams that can potentially help the Bearcats. I keep telling you guys, don't sleep on Tulane. And Tulane, <laughs> I mean, they they went toe to toe with Oklahoma. Much, you know, I mean, to the disappointment, I'm sure, to many betters. Um, right. But um, you know, Tulane's certainly one to look out for. UCF keeps putting up video game numbers, and even with Gus Malls on there, so they're another one to watch out for here on the schedule. And then, you know, going back to Tulane. It is the day before Halloween down in New Orleans. If and that that could potentially be, who who knows when they get back into their home stadium? So they played in Birmingham this past week, I believe. So that could be their first home game. And yikes! SMU putting up some bonkers numbers as well. <laughs> Houston is Houston. So yeah, I I mean I don't know. It, the whole thing is just extrapolating into interesting scenarios down the line. But it all starts on on Saturday against IU and Chad. I know. You and Dave are going to dive into it, but any any first thoughts on the Hoosiers or the game on Saturday, Chad and Aaron? Are you kind of weary heading into the Saturday? Or are you feeling a little little dose of confidence, or kind of what's your pulse right now? My concern with Indiana is the concern I've had all along. Their defense is pretty good. They are very good. Um, yeah. I know everybody wanted to look at Penix and Fry Fogel, and and there are reasons 
to like some parts in the, the running back they got from USC has had a, had a good game last week. Yep. Um, there are some reasons to think Indiana's offense can be composed a threat for me. If like, if you're paying attention to Indiana and as Dave talked about today, they've had some injuries that are kind of shuffling things around for them, but they've got good pieces on defense. And you know, th- that for me is, is this offense going to be able to, because if you look offensively, Iowa didn't have a lot of success against them. Penix just kept throwing it to the wrong team for touchdowns, <laughs> right? <laughs> like 14 points, two pick sixes. Yeah. And probably should have had two more. Right. Right. So, you know, that defense for Indiana is what ultimately, like if Cincinnati's offense can hum against that Indiana defense, I think Cincinnati controls this game start to finish. If, if that Indiana defense gives Cincinnati some fits, then you're going to see a, a pretty tight one in Bloomington. Aaron, initial pulse on it. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I feel confident. We, we've certainly seen some areas of improvement for the Bearcats as far as, as we mentioned, you know, special teams. You, you can't go three and out, three and out in your first two drives against Indiana and, and hope right. that your defense is going to be there. Well, you can, but it can't also be while allowing the opponent to control the ball for the other 17 of 19 minutes that that was insane crazy I, yeah i mean uh no i agree Aaron. but that's uh i mean we've seen what this offense can do when it's clicking on all cylinders tyler scott is a beast i did not expect him to be this good i know chad was high on him before the season um good luck stopping between you know focusing on young and alec pierce tyler scott's running free all day I, is that what it is? Is, is? is the team's really putting a focus on stopping Josh Wiley and, and stopping Alec Pierce to the point where it is opening up one, you know, one V ones for Tyler Scott and, you know, Michael Young as well up to this point. I don't know that they had seen what Tyler Scott was capable of. There wasn't a whole lot of video on him. As well, this as- is, this is the evolution of, what it means to have Tyler Scott and Jaden Thompson. I, I wouldn't no. leave Jaden Thompson out of there. No, he's been yeah. great. Now you've got somebody on that field side you have to worry about, as well as somebody in the slot you have to worry about, as well as Alec Pierce at the boundary, as well as the tight ends, as well as Jerome Ford. Now if you're a defensive coordinator looking at Cincinnati, you're going, oh, boy, like where do we roll coverage? Where do we – where do we send help? Where do we, what do we try to take away to keep this Cincinnati offense from humming? I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some people pay a little bit more attention to Tyler Scott. If you do that, maybe that opens up Alec Pierce to really get going. Maybe that opens up Michael Young Michael in the Young. slot a little bit more. So, um, you know, because it, it, theoretically, if you're going to put safety help towards Tyler Scott, then you're asking a slot corner one-on-one with Michael Young to stop Michael Young. So I, that the chess match part of that is just starting because we're just now to the point where Tyler Scott's on tape, right? Right. Where mm-hmm. opposing defensive coordinators are, are watching the tape and they're going to now have to adjust their game plan to say, we've got to watch their field spot just as, you know, intently as we watch the other four or five spots where they can potentially hurt us. And we yeah. haven't even seen Des run yet at all. I know. I, that's 
that's the main thing that I always think about, especially at the beginning of last year as well. Like where where the the RPOs, where Des is is constantly handing it off, you know, up the gut. And it seemed like that kind of opened up everything against SMU when he was able to then kind of run free and have that one super long run as well. So I don't know if that's kind of all lead up for what is to come on Saturday. And, and hopefully it is because some of those RPOs, if, if Des were to keep it, it seemed like he had nothing but green in front of him. So I'd, I, uh, I'm interested to see when he's ready to unleash those legs that we all know he has. Four carries, negative four yards last week. Man, and, and we all know that he can do a lot more than that. So it'll be interesting to see because as well with, with Indiana, you saw against Iowa, I, I'll say Iowa's a way better barometer than Idaho. But uh, I, it just seemed as if, like Chad said, Michael Penix first came back from injury, was not on the same page as everyone else. And then, of course, this past week against Idaho, they decided to completely pretty much abandon the pass and just run the football nonstop. Tw- what, 50, 50 rushing attempts to only 20 passing attempts. So if you think the Bearcats are going a little bit vanilla, I think last week as well against Idaho, they were going vanilla as well. With the defense of Iowa, who's now looking pretty doggone good, Penix could not get in touch with his receivers. Three interceptions. Only sacked once, but still, it seemed like he was just out of flux the entire game. I'm very interested to see the the first quarter of that game on Saturday, who kind of unleashes first and, and, and what exactly they have to unleash. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, as far as everything else goes, I, I think uh, Big 12, we got to mention it, obviously. I, I know Chad and, uh, Chad and Dave spoke on it quite a lot during the BCJ pod, but Aaron, kind of what, what were your initial thoughts when it came to the big 12? And then on Friday, when the whole big 12 announcement finally happened? Well, I mean, I, I even talked to Chad earlier in the week. I said, I don't want to believe it until it's actually announced because I'm just waiting for somebody to pull the rug out. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I tell did. you, you what tell I tell you that enough people knew and you know, then enough of the uh, national writers had picked up the story that there was too many people talking and there was no way that this could have, spun out but my question to you guys is did you see an issue because i know some of twitter some of the aac schools saw an issue with uc flying a big 12 flag the whole game um personally i mean i saw zero issue with it because you worked your ass off to get to this position i know you're not there yet but i mean they didn't take the aac logos off the field those are still there but you know they're, they're excited let's give them something to talk about well, you know, I, I saw on Twitter first that the official UC football account posted it. And, you know, it's one of those where I, where I clicked on it real fast and it was already taken down. So I was like, huh, what's what's this all about? Then I saw Chad posted it and I was like, oh, wow, very interesting. And I, I love it. Like you said, Aaron, it's uh, it's more of a like this is happening. It's it, it's the next step. You know, you're not going to. You're going to still celebrate that while also know that you are in the AAC until you aren't. But still, you know, that's it's, it's imminent. It's happening. So why not just display it a little bit? There's nothing that's going to come from it. I, I mean, it's it's a known fact that the Bearcats are going to the Big 12. Right. Why wouldn't you let your fan base celebrate it? It had just right. happened the day before. Right. Like, it doesn't make, you know, I, I don't get any angst over it at all. Were they supposed to act like nothing happened? <laughs> well, not to mention, right. 
you have you have recruits there, so why wouldn't you fly the new logo that they're going to be representing in the time that they're here? Right. Yeah, I, I like I, I don't I don't understand the the like you have to be more classy than that. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Not at all. Absolutely not. You don't have to. You have to say, look, we're going to the Big Twelve. Right. We waited a long time for this. We got shit on for a decade. Yeah. And I mean, so, they didn't. T- yeah. They didn't take a page out of Barstool's book, like Barstool Cincinnati's book, and, you know, have all the crazy videos, which some were hilarious. Hilarious, right? <laughs> but, you know, that that would be not being classy. You know what I mean? Like, all they did was go out there, wave a flag, like, hey, we're here. Was that was that the only thing throughout the game that they did? Because, um, I mean, I saw, obviously, the student section had some some areas where they had Big 12 posters and, and things of that sort. But was that, was that the only thing that, the, the university itself, you know, cheer squad or, or, or anyone else did throughout the game was wave that flag that had the big 12 on it. I didn't check the scoreboard. They didn't really do much on the scoreboard. <clears throat> they, they had t-shirts that they gave out that had the seat hall in the big 12. Yeah. They had some cups that they yeah. had made. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was, it was pretty minimal you know, a graphic or two that hit the scoreboard, but nothing like it was it, like, it wasn't like it was a constant, like in your face thing. Right. right. It was an acknowledgement of Friday was one of the biggest days in university history. Yeah. So of course they continued that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Of course they did. Here's the real question. Ready. How long did these some bitches know that this thing was going to happen? That they were able to get flags and cups and t-shirts. They didn't order that shit on Friday. They no. made it on their cricket, man. You don't know how many things you can do on a cricket. What's a cricket? <laughs> it's what like one of Where those t-shirts. Yeah. It's the t-shirt uh, maker. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they got five thousand of them ordered. I mean, you put okay. enough people to work. I'm just saying. Internships. <laughs> yeah. But Aaron, maybe Where, maybe you're flag? next in line to do how about that. The flag. The flag is just something. You slap together. I can neither conf- I can neither confirm nor deny that that was also made on a cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they had some some people. No, I, so that's the thing. I, you know, from afar, you hear about it, you read about it, the whole Big Twelve thing happening. But like you said, Chad, I, I mean, they had to have known probably official what midway through the week or whenever things are. I was well, well before that. Right, right. For them to go and, and, and get all that stuff. And Cunningham ready. talked about like they left with me, they met with Bowsby in Dallas in like late August. Right. And came home from that meeting like, ah, I think it's think we're pretty good. Like it's not to say that he was told like it's done, but I think they had a pretty good sense that things were trending in a uh very positive direction to where they maybe even could do something crazy like start ordering flags or printing <laughs> backdrops for press conferences, you know, the oh. little things. I mean, maybe oh, the backup plan. Never done that before, huh? <laughs> there, there's plenty of hurricane spots that have been hit down in in the, the Caribbean. I mean, where are we going here? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. By the I'm way, that was stop you before we get too far in the weeds. That was an, an <laughs> impeccable tweet by the UC account. Oh, the, outstanding. I, I mean, it's because it's, obviously that that picture is known very well known. I don't know how much nationally, but when they well, posted when, that, every single when, fan knew what it was. 
when you have people working in the athletic department in that particular office that have been part of the fray, if you right. will, you get good jokes like that. Like it's, right. it's good self-awareness. It's good kind of laughing at yourself, laughing at the, the situation. And I loved it. Oh, it was, it was perfect. And, and, and it is kind of that, that final feeling of we made it finally, yeah. we've made it. And when you said the ink is dry and, and when different things of that sort come out, it, it kind of puts things into an interesting perspective because I mean, I haven't fully soaked it in yet. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm jet lagged and you know, it, it's all going on 4am back in Ireland where I've laid my head to rest very late every night, but still I'm a little delirious, but when this all sinks in, it's going to be crazy to think about the potential of what all this brings now moving into the big 12. You've got to think that it just has, unbelievable outcomes in every sport, but especially football and basketball. And we'll hopefully see those ripples happen, happen soon as far as recruiting and everything goes. I mean, you kind of already heard about it in the Brett Stein article, Aaron, you, you've also touched on it as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see how quickly this move really helps out everything that the Bearcats are trying to do, because obviously it's, it's like you said, Chad, one of the best days, what would you rank it up there as, as what a top, five day in UC history. One of the biggest 12. Oh, yeah. I'll go bit one of the biggest 12 days. Biggest I mean, there's a lot, there's been a lot. Went to national championships. Yeah. Those were in there. Top five. Yeah. Final for six final fours. Ah, yeah. True. The final fours. Yeah. You, you, the, the pike, the bins. Okay. We'll go, day. we'll go 12. We'll go 12. One of the biggest 12 days in UC history. I like that, Aaron. Good job, like buddy. Too. You're Mike, you're making a difference here, Mike. You're changing, <laughs> you're changing the future of this podcast. Aaron, you are so, dude, you are so good, man. Hats off Gr- to you, Aaron. Gross. This is all gross. I don't know what to do with any of this. <laughs> Hats off to you, Aaron. I didn't are ask for un- any of this. Are you uncomfortable yet? I mean, yes. <laughs> how, how do I mute you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh could be interesting if you found it out. But yeah, I mean, Big 12, it's happening. Um so, I mean, that should now move us on to basketball. Anything at all that you, we have heard? Obviously, the, the NIL event happened. You guys already talked on it, and that was all good. I Honestly, I haven't really had time for basketball this week. Right. There's, Which is expected. Whoa, easy, Tiger. Cool. I, okay. I will. Hopefully, practice starts in two weeks. Right. Um, as we get closer, and hopefully I get Kelly home. I can start spending a little bit more time on the uh, the basketball front, but uh, not quite there yet. But man, it's, they, they you know they went out, they hit the road, they they stopped and and have checked out a bunch of their top targets. Uh, I believe this weekend we are expecting uh, Jaquan Walton and Deshaun Nelson in for official visits. Those are their two JUCO targets. Bearcat Air has um, been a bit active. It has. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's there's things going on. They've just been a little uh, below my radar at the at the this specific time. But as we get closer uh, over the next week or two, uh, I will I will definitely dial back in on basketball and uh, have us ready to go. Aaron, football recruiting. I know you've been uh, on top of the. The recruit recaps and all the visits and everything that's been happening. I, 
Have yeah, you where heard? is that? Where is that? Where is that? Kids are a little quiet this week. Just ruffle them up. I it's mean, the, I, got, I got four responses. It's, it's the Big 12 news, baby. <laughs> they don't know how to handle themselves. Uh, JQ did have another pick, though, in a uh, 52-6 win. Um, so he's had a turnover in every single game this season thus far as uh, his team standing at 4-0 in Alabama. Um, Oliver Bridges, or I'm sorry, Marcus Peterson had a uh, rush for four yards, nine catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Huge back bounce-back game for Marcus Peterson. Not bad. Not bad. Dalen Carroll continues to do great things for the uh, – they were number six team in the, in the nation. I haven't seen if the new rankings came up yet or not this week. Uh, but he had a catch for 20 yards, three tackles, another interception for him. I believe he's had a turnover in every game. Um, and then he's also doing kick returns. Uh, he had one for 18 yards there. And that's that's center grove. Is center grove. Center grove. Um, and they stand at, at 4-0. And then uh, Tyler Gillison had five tackles, four catches, 100 yards. So doing it on both sides of the ball there as uh, Pickerington North did take the uh, the L. Or Pickerington Central took the L to Pickerington North. There we go. So I, my question to you guys now that we touched on recruiting a tiny bit how how quickly do you think the staff is using the the Big Twelve ammo? Is it immediately? Are they immediately on saying when when have you known this recruiting staff to not do things immediately? Well, no, well, no I no, I'm just saying. I, that's what I'm I'm just saying as well. Like yeah. that, that's what they do. Like yeah, they, they were using it before it was official. If I had to guess, like. Okay. When the reports started coming out that this thing's happening, Y'all see I guarantee this? you that, yeah, they were in some way, shape, or form using it. Like, no questions asked. None. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's who, you know, that's who they are. That's how they've been able to stay ahead of the curve and it'd, be on top of things. It'd be silly. I don't not think to that use, changes. Yeah, it'd be silly not to use the ammo that you have. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and then, so the last thing on the Big 12, before we move on to the mailbag, I think we might actually be able to, to get through the mailbag pretty nicely. But there's a lot. I know. Again. I know. That's why I've kind of sped through it a little bit, because obviously next week will be a lot more talk about the IU game. Hopefully not really if, if, if everything goes really the way that we want it for the Bearcats. But um, as far as it goes for the Big 12 thing, you, you saw that the AAC came out and said that if with discussions, you can move out earlier do you think that is something that will happen if if you had your crystal ball right now in front of your face i know we can't say crystal ball too much with 247 sports but if you had your magic eight ball what kind of answer we work for 247 sports why couldn't we say crystal ball well because i don't want you to say crystal ball and everyone's like oh who is chad putting a crystal ball in for <laughs> that's why but, okay, but you made it sound like we weren't allowed to use the phrase oh like, no i just don't if want if anybody could use the phrase we could I know, I know. I just don't want anyone to be like, <laughs> wait a minute, Chad said crystal ball during the show? What is, who is it on? So, but yeah. Leave it, my crystal balls alone. Exactly. It, I, I cherish your crystal balls. But. Thanks. Huh? Was, oh man, that's strange. Okay, anyway. So if you <laughs> had to guess, would you think that this is something that the teams in the AAC and, and most importantly Cincinnati would definitely look into to get out early? Yes, into the of course. 12 ASAP? I mean, I would be shocked if they're not playing Big 12 football in 2023, in September of 2023. Okay. I'd be especially, shocked. especially if Texas and Oklahoma bounce early 
they're going to have some holes to fill. And you, I mean, who wants to slug along with eight teams in your conference? Right, right. And Big 12 would, would foot the bill, I would imagine, or a good chunk of it. Um, so you think – so 2022 is just – you think no chance at all for 2022? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, it, you're going to have to – earlier you get out, the more you're going to have to pay. Right. Like, I, I don't see – any i don't see it necessary yeah to get out in 2022 right like one it might be the perfect season to not be in the big 12 so i was thinking too yeah because you're gonna have a lot of guys that you're gonna need to get up to speed like pretty quick football um, and, and basketball too yeah right. it might another be, year to it develop might, yeah it might be a good like i wouldn't be in a rush right to get there in 2022 you might take some lumps if you're there in 2022 but what you right. hope is the development you can make between now and the start of, you know, athletics in 2023 is that you're ready. Um, so no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push. I wouldn't think that we see 2022. Uh, but I'd also say it's about as likely that they wait until 2024. That doesn't right. make any sense. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially if they have the opportunity to have a, uh one home game, bring, bring Texas or Oklahoma to the nip one time. That'd be, that'd be fantastic to see just, just one time, one time. That but, ain't happening, bro. Yeah. Somebody asked me that. I, they were like, do you think the big 12 would screw Texas and Oklahoma? And I was like, I mean, I'm sure they like to, but they're not allowed to give them nine road games. Like, <laughs> Well, give us, give us one, just one. But um, UCF would want one. Right. True. Houston UCF. would want one. BYU would want one. Like, th- there's only so many mouths to go, and the, you know, the, you only get four or five road games, right. depending on where you're at. You know, what year you are in your schedule. So, I mean, it would be great. Don't get me wrong, but if they were allowed to make them play nine road games every year until they left, I'm sure they would. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think they would go for that. So, I also wouldn't be shocked if they're playing in the SEC in 2022. And if they are, then that throws everything out the window. Right. Right. Which then which who then the hell knows? Up, yeah. Then it brings up Aaron's point and they're like, all right, we need you guys now. Come on. Okay. We'll, pay we'll this pay. shit. We'll pay. Come on. Yeah. You got, if you guys are going to pay this shit, then let's do it. If not, yeah. we'll see you next year. Agreed. Enjoy your seven conference games and no championship game. Cause you only got eight teams. <laughs> well, speaking of, of, you know, pay this, it's time for us to earn our paychecks with the, Ever famous BBP mailbag. We've got a deep one this week, Aaron, and I, we're starting the earliest that we've ever started. That's not true. Is we that started, not true? No, we started 10, 10 till before and still oh. win a two-hour podcast. Well, I believe in us this time, Aaron. <laughs> grab grab the reins and uh, let's let's fire away. If you had to pick one, which major sport will see the greatest recruiting impact with the move to the Big Twelve, basketball or football? Basketball, easy. Basketball. I don't think that's even a question. You can just do so much quick, quicker of a turnover with basketball. And well, that and they're already recruiting at a Big 12 level in football. Like the past two years, they would have been fourth in the Big 12. Right. Yep. Now, is there some room to grow? Sure. But for basketball, it's going to have to be like, oh, you don't have to go. step it up. You have to step it up quick. Basketball, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's even remotely close. Yeah, Chad. I mean, we hopefully we hear your accent a couple more times. Of the, uh, I mean, if if you want to say it again, go ahead. 
George Washington the third. Very good. That's you've been <laughs> you've been practicing it during a, during the off week as well. But yeah, that's definitely that's what I've been, that's actually what I've been doing sitting in Kelly's hospital room watching her sleep. <laughs> is I just sit in the chair and go George Washington the third, and she's like, "Will you leave? Can you leave now?" Go say that on the podcast. Go say it on the podcast. I don't want. I don't want company. I want you to get the hell out of this room. And that's why he ended but up doing. But how do you ask George Washington the third? I like it for his opinion. And yeah. that's why he ended up on a podcast with me last week. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be basketball, though. I agree. All right. So, what do you have to see versus IU to feel comfortable with this team's chances versus Notre Dame, UCF, and Houston? I know we've talked a lot about this matchup. I got to see a win. I, I mean, this is this is no gimme. It's a it's a three point spread. Um, I'm I'm personally taking it, but I'm I'm a biased man. Uh, but still, it's it's this is going to be a tough game. I the people are underestimating how loud this crowd is going to be. They're going to be not only loud, but they're going to be very drunk. So it's going to take the the audible levels they, to a whole different level. Are is they that? actually going to come in the stadium? I know that's usually a problem in Bloomington so, where they stay in the parking lot. <laughs> the funny thing is. <laughs> Funny thing is, I saw footage of, of the fans at the Idaho game, and I was blown away because yes, during my time at in Bloomington, it, the uh, the match, you you go to the tailgate, and then once the tailgate ends, it actually got to the point because people were staying on the tailgate fields through the game, and it was more packed on the tailgate fields during the game than it was inside of the stadium. So they decided that they're going to completely shut down the tailgate fields once kickoff comes. Well, that just led to people finding the party or a bar to attend after that. So, uh, but no, I saw footage from the Idaho game and it actually looked like it was a pretty packed crowd. And you listened to all the player interviews as well. They're like, yeah, tip of the cap to the student section. They showed out for Idaho. And I think they're expecting it to be absolutely loud and ruckus. But I, mean, I tell you what, if you're going to the game this weekend and you're a Bearcat fan, head to the tailgate field early take it in it is it's something like you have never seen i i mean there are some some tailgates out there obviously sec country and all that but iu iu football tailgates are second to none when it comes to a an, an absolute bonkers party atmosphere yeah and that that is part of the reason and that this is no joke like this is not slandering iu yeah people didn't go to the game they just stayed no. up the they would have tickets yeah and not go to the game Ask me how many IU games I attended during my my four and a half years. The better okay. Let's let's start with the how many tailgates did you attend? Every single tailgate. How many games did you go in? Maybe three. So what? That's that's IU football. But but the tailgates are awesome. Right. Oh, they're they are insane. It's uh, it is honestly, it's some of the most fun I've I've ever had as a student at IU was, was attending the tailgates and I would always show up in a Bearcat sweatshirt or a Bearcat Jersey and uh, people would, people would love and, it. So I was, and I was, you I know, was hardly fun. home, but always repping, you know, you know, fun. You've been to weddings around the world, around the world, man, <laughs> man. I'll have to tell everyone about this Ireland trip. It was, it was bonkers. It was insane. But, uh, but yeah, I, I digress. All right. Uh, is the kicker of the future after Cole Smith on the roster already, or will someone be added in 2022 still? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they, they continue to bring kids in. And if you look at the, uh, the list of names, well, they've just been bringing kids in to kick off. Yeah. Not to, to be the, the place kick. I mean, could you see another Sam Crosa? 
could you see another you know just maybe i mean they think think the guy of the future is christian lowry right 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 yes they brought him in from georgia he's one of the top rated punter place kickers in the country yep um you know that that's who you would think it would be and then i've really liked the leg on alex bales but justin williams is the, the the i can't i can't infringe on his presidency of the Alex Bales fan club. Uh, but Bales <laughs> has shown a good leg. So may, I, I think they have two guys that they like in Lowry and Bales uh, behind Cole Smith. Um, so we'll see where it goes from there. But you're always trying to add guys. It, you're always was, trying to get better. Was it was it Bales who was kicking at Camp Higher Ground after, with, with Cole Smith during those? Or was that... Yeah. That was yeah. Bales. Yeah. Well, so I, they they rotated. Lowry Lowry got some reps. Right. Uh, but Bales, I think, got the majority of them behind Cole Smith. I, I mean, it is crazy to think because I, I, Cole Smith was on fire at Camp Higher Ground. I mean, it's obviously a different thing when the lights come on, but I don't know. It'll. Uh, I do think, yeah, it, it's got to be on the roster. If not, maybe a Sam Crosa situation where they look at you know the grad transfer route, but. Brian Mason's on top of his stuff, and and I think he'll he'll make the right decision. Brent, how that's are you a, allowed? That's a biased take. Extremely biased. What's up, Mason family? Love you, Brent. How are you allowed back in the country? And how is how is the search getting back in? Oh yeah, so uh, you know it wasn't too bad. Had to uh, pass a COVID test um, within seventy two hours of the flight, and man, I I passed. So now we're here. It was a, cavity uh, search. Cavity search was non-existent. They, uh, they, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was simple, you know, but they, they made sure you had that. You had to show them and you had to, had to be real confident in showing them. And then you had to them. show them your cavity. Uh, that we did not have to. <laughs> that that might've been what happened behind the curtains, but I never got the opportunity to go behind the curtains. That's what happened that night. You drank absinthe and don't remember. You, th- there were about six of those. So maybe, um, not <laughs> entirely sure. Ireland was a, was a lot of fun. Brent's voice is a little deeper because he's the proud new owner of a new Rolex. <laughs> yep, sure. I agree. <laughs> How excited is Wes Miller about the Big 12 move? I believe he's fired up. Yeah. He's fired up. It's got to be the I, best I mean, way to say it. Yeah. You, you, you put that one on a T. Yeah, they did. And well, well so, so here's the question, though. Do you think that when Wes took the job, he ever envisioned the fact that a power five move could come this quickly or was it just more uh, this quickly? No, I'm up? sure. I, I guarantee in the interview process, it was mentioned that like, look, right. we're doing everything we can right. so that when something happens, we're ready and have been since 16. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that was brought up, but I don't think anybody was like, Hey, just, just give it till, you know, September, early September. And we're <laughs> in. Right. Of course. But yeah, I mean, it, like you said, I, it was, I'm sure it was part of the process, but I mean, gosh, talk about a situation that just keeps getting better for, for a coach like Wes Miller. It's a uh, lining up perfectly, if you will. Uh, who are the names to watch from the first two weekends of visits? Um, I mean, I, I think we, we kind of touched on that last week, even as we mentioned uh, Antoine Wolfolk. And, um, that was, that was the big one. That was the big one that didn't commit because Danny Lewis already committed. Right. 
we, we can't say to keep an eye on Danny Lewis because that already happened. Um, there hasn't been a lot yet really bubbling for 22 in terms of who they've had visit. Uh, I think they're doing their due diligence and getting as much tape as they can on kids as their high school seasons are getting underway and really formulating a plan for how they want to attack the last, you know, seven, eight spots in this class, as long as that transfer uh, waiver goes through. I think you'll also see maybe some bigger And I think names. you're also waiting on that transfer waiver to go through. So, you know, you can go to 25 and you don't have to stop at 22. I think you also like see some, some bigger but, names come through once it's Temple and UCF nip at night and you got that type of atmosphere where Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna bring a bunch of big name dudes in from Murray State. Now, you know, you did for Miami because that was chaos. The place <laughs> was bananas. So that made sense, even if the opponent stunk. Um, but yeah, as we get a little deeper in the season, you'll see, you know, those things ramp up a little bit. How was the Murray State atmosphere before the game? Was it was it stronger than you would imagine against an FCS opponent? Well, the student section was packed half hour before kickoff again. So yeah, it was it was pretty raucous. Okay. The ruckus was raucous. There we go. And again, because of the score, they stayed in past halftime. Which is so. which is a big thing. Yeah. It started to clear out, I guess, around like end of the third. Okay. Um what happens first? A football game is a big twelve member or an announced Jordan brand deal? Uh, so, <laughs> I wish you could see Chad's face. So let's see here. What twenty twenty three projected first football game? When is the Under Armour officially up? Is that right around then? Is next year the twenty twenty two the money runs out? Like right. Under Armour's not sending any more checks. Right. So I, I think you could see a new deal before Cincinnati jumps. Uh, I think there is a heavy lean internally from the people I've talked to that would like to be a Nike school, yep. whether that's Jordan brand, whether that's Nike, uh, we'll see, you know, how the financials and all that fit. Um, but Jordan, like Nike is the name I've heard most people talk about as their desired, uh, destination which makes sense so so a question i have then is some of the talks surrounding the jordan brand was the fact that they are kind of all merchandise right it, and, and they don't and merchandise and gear for the teams and they don't you yeah know, you don't pay you don't you make money top. now so the difference the big now is thing, yeah, yeah the difference the now is thing, you don't yeah. you're not scratching and clawing for every penny right so now the big 12 edition maybe maybe that opens up the door a little bit quicker for certain things to happen so i don't know we'll see so i think we'd all agree though as of now a big 12 game happens first yeah i think you got to make the move, move to the big 12 to get that additional money before no but, i mean that's going to be known but maybe it's a one-two thing i i wouldn't be shocked i i would probably say big 12 but with the with the under armor money running out like in 22 right I wouldn't be shocked if there's an announcement of this is who our partner is going to be going forward sometime before oh. the first game in the big 12. Um, I'm already getting chills for that, for that reveal video. <laughs> we are officially moving on to the big 12 and we are doing it with jump man on our side. Something along those lines. But, but you've never heard me say that. No, I know. 
I know, but I'm just saying that that'd be a great video. All awesome right. Video. So Chad, um, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities this past week, but with Ryan Montgomery, has there been any split reps at practice or is, is he still just the guy? I, I haven't been at practice. I've been at the hospital. So oh, no um, little birdies this week. I, I, Will Pauling has been back there fielding some punts uh, at times. Montgomery's been back there. Trey Tucker's done it some. Uh, they, they have more than one guy in the rotation, but as far as I know right now, if, I mean, if they didn't, if they didn't move on from Montgomery before Murray state, like what makes you think they're going to move forward, move on and going forward, unless yeah. there are other issues. Um, but yes, they always have alternatives back there. Yeah. Well, and, and you even think back to the UCF game last year, you know, they could have made that change mid game, but you know, fickle said he, he trusts Ryan Montgomery and, Ryan Montgomery proved himself at, at, after the two months. So I think they've got some sort of confidence in, in Ryan Montgomery that it'll, it'll take a big wave to, to make the change, I think, personally. Right. Chad, now that you've been on the road under Wes and Mick, what differences and similarities do they have while watching prospects? They look for most a lot of the same things, like length, toughness, you know, ability to defend ability to, to get to the rim. Um, a lot of the intangibles they look for that are about the same. Um, but I, I don't see a whole lot of difference in the type of player that Wes is looking for, uh, when compared to the type of player that Mick looked for. Um, and that's just, you know, seeing who they're watching, getting a, a peek at, you know, like, a, like a Daniel skillings, there's he's he's built different but there's like some jacob evans qualities to his game you know like some of the the guys that they're looking and wes miller recruited gary clark hard until gary started playing with cp3 and kind of blew up like they thought they had a shot with gary it's pretty evident that they have the same type of player in mind uh so i didn't see a whole lot of difference um it's a golden opportunity for George Washington. Nah, I, I don't want to wear it out. Like I don't want to. I don't want to beat it to death when we're just getting started. We got we got a long way to go <laughs> on that. Hopefully, um, the main difference this off season being you know everybody has to stop and congratulate Wes. Like that's that's what happens on the road. The guys that get the new jobs, the good new jobs, like everybody stops and pays their respects and. Coach spends, you know, five, 10 minutes talking to them and then they move on and then somebody else and then somebody else. And that would be the the major difference. All right. Uh, how are special teams coming along? We need them to be a net ad. We've touched on special teams quite a bit today. Um, I've heard and read a lot about how the Bearcats kept things vanilla for the most part in the first two games. What do you think we'll see to mix things up against Indiana? More pressure, more five, sending five, sending six. Uh, at the quarterback. Uh, I think that's the main thing. That's where they've really been vanilla. I've also seen a lot less. I'm, I'm interested in this, uh, especially on the field side. We've seen a lot less um, press, man press, like all over the field. With Freeman, they man press pretty much everywhere. And we've seen quite a bit less, which is allowing some of those free releases, which you're seeing teams utilize on short hitters. So I'm interested to see going forward if we see more press man across the board 
or if that is a trestle change where, you know, he'll maybe press man the boundary with sauce. Um, I'm all, I also like, if you paid close attention, they talked about this after Miami, they did move sauce around a little bit. Um, I saw him a couple times over on the field side, you know, trying to get different looks for him so he can be a little bit more active and involved. So teams aren't completely ignoring him. Um, so I think that's a change that you'll potentially see, but I, the main thing comes with the pressure. We just haven't seen the pressure packages very often. Uh, I, I would guess a handful of times in each game, probably less where you've yeah, seen him bring five or, or six. And then sauce's interception. I mean, he was, he obviously was not <coughs> man on anybody. It seemed like on that play and, and was able to get that tip ball, but yeah. And then offensively as well, Chad, that it seems as if, Playbook has been opened a little bit, but not to the extreme that we might see. I don't know if it's going to be more passing on on first and first down. I, it seems as if it was kind of in in that sense as well, like a run, run, pass, maybe a run, pass. Or it, it just seems as if it was a little vanilla at times on on Saturday as well. Yeah, I mean, I think they've tried to get the offense going pretty regularly. Um You'll, you'll obviously see more variations into the playbook as you get into the, the more difficult games. I, I don't think they've been as vanilla on, on offense as they've been on defense. Right. All right. Um, <coughs> do you think we'll see an increase in assistant slash coaching pool with the Big 12 announcement, or will that take place whenever we get in? Yes. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, they, if that's, they're going to have more money, they're going to use more money to pay the assistance. Yes. As the program goes up, so do those salaries. Cunningham uh, said, Cunningham said, we're in growth mode. If you're in growth mode, that means the people that deserve to get raises are going to get raises. Do two sacks in two games concern us? Have we already taken the plain vanilla approach? We covered that pretty well tonight. Um, Chad, are you concerned about Mike Bone and the USC opening with Coach Luke Fickle? No. That news no. kind of broke tonight that USC fired their head coach and people are national writers are trying to tie Luke Fickle's name to so late. It's so fucking lazy. It's so lazy. Like, yeah, Mike Bone hired Luke Fickle to Cincinnati because Luke Fickle was a perfect fit for Cincinnati because of his ties to Ohio. Right. right. Like that was that was a large part of the reasoning that Luke Fickle was hired you're going to bring him to LA and he's going to recruit Ohio. Really? Like now I think Luke can, can go recruit anywhere. Um, But he's not going to have the built-in advantages that he does here because he literally knows every high school coach in the state. Like he knows everybody. He he is the heartbeat of recruiting in the state of Ohio. It just, it's not a cultural fit. I, I don't, I don't see it now. I think it's very easy to say Mike Bone hired Luke Fickle. Uh, so, you know, he's going to hire him out to L.A. I, I don't see it. In a, in a hypothetical world, what if what if USC went James Franklin? And then all of a sudden the Penn State job comes open. I feel after uh, the Big 12 move, I'm less concerned about Penn State than I was. Right. Because there were some things about Penn State that I didn't think were a fit, but it's Penn State, like, you know, you, you definitely listen if Penn State comes calling. 
I think with UC and, and Luke now having a, a bigger challenge, cause he always talks about that, right? Like yep. wh- what am I, what is my next challenge? He's got the next challenge here. Now I have a hard time seeing him bail on that before that challenge even begins. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. <clears throat> Brent, who do you think did the better impression? We did discuss that. I think. Let, I, well, I, well, let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Bearcat bounce back at it again. Well, let's see it. Bearcat bounce podcast back at it again. See, that's better. That's a little better. Aaron. Bearcat bounce podcast. Chad, Aaron, how are we? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. He didn't do the back at it again. Though. No, he, he didn't, didn't do the back it. at it again. Dang. So. So you guys are about even now, about even. Very good. Right. So, if you know, if you know your friends are getting married in like Aruba, oh, then we'll <laughs> we'll be ready. We'll be ready to fill in. There I'm are convinced. there are already talks that Spain is the next destination wedding. Are, are not... your friends? Yeah, I, this are your friends trying to one up each other? Is that what's happening? <laughs> there were there were talks of that. Definitely, there were talks of that, and because especially this friend in particular, I was actually roommates with him for like four years but uh it it was like he's just he's such the funniest guy where he's like he's like dude weddings are so overrated like weddings are just like no nah, screw weddings blah 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 and yeah we're like we're like but dude you're like having the most exotic wedding that we ha- we've had up to this point so you can't just say that so yeah i i don't know it's uh it's it's interesting interesting I'm, dynamic amongst the friends i'm not at all convinced that brent didn't just take two weeks off and chilled at home because he had covid and just quarantined man i wish that i sometimes i wish that was the case but no i was uh i was out in the elements uh enjoying the emerald isle and and a big shout out to dan horde by the way he uh he gave me a, a list of destinations to check out when in ireland and uh we we hit all of them and every single one of them was a, a fantastic fantastic suggestion so thank you thank and you dan. dan dan hit me up today actually yeah yeah, and I, I've got to check this out because, as as we know, our favorite of the pod, La Torta Loca, is Dan Hord's top sandwich in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. I get a text for him today, from him today. New contender for Cincinnati's best sandwich, the chicken parm at the bread bar on Gilbert Avenue in Walnut Hills. Gigantic and delicious, only open from 10 to 2, but a great lunch option when you're around UC. Chicken so, parm, you taste so good. I fucking good, love chicken parm. <laughs> I like especially, and you can you can't hardly find them in Cincinnati. A good chicken parm sandwich. I might be at this place tomorrow. So what do do they put spaghetti on the sandwich too, or is it just the no? It's just the the chicken, the chicken sauce. Do they cheese. put spaghetti on this? You've never had a chicken parm sandwich. I don't think I have no. Oh, brother! Just the chicken, the mozzarella, and the cheese, yeah, or the so, the marinara. Sometimes it's the cutlets. Sometimes it's the deep fried. I'm picking up what it's, you're putting this down. This is this is deep fried. I, he sent me a picture. It looks awesome. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, it looks right. awesome. Here, I'll send a picture to the to the group chat. Okay. I'll move on with the next question. We can get to that chicken parm sandwich here in a minute. Because what? it tastes so good. <laughs> what fictional sports coach would you guys either want to play for and want to play for or interview? 
And then Chad, what's your favorite Lou Brown quote? My answer would be Lou Brown. Okay. My answer would be coach Eric Taylor. Clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose. I'm going, uh, I'm going Jimmy Dugan. That's uh, Tom Hanks in a league of their own. I think we just uh, think it'd be very fun to hang around with not, not only during the game, but after the game as well and possibly before the game. So I think it'd be a, a great interview as well as, uh, you know, if you learned to, to, to coach other things, but yeah, I'll I've go. got, I've got, I've got two Lou Brown quotes that are my favorites. Any guesses? Jesus, that sandwich looks amazing. Right? Like it's art. I was and expecting yeah. it in a hokey, but the, yeah, this is, this is looking good. And Dan said that he, here's what Dan said right after that the picture doesn't do it justice. And I was like, oh, right. that's, that's a pretty damn good picture. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that pesto on the top bun? Or is it just... Uh, it looks might, like might, might be a little parsley, maybe. I think you should, you should tweet out the picture for people who are listening. With just maybe, no, maybe. no explanation or quote no, or anything. No context. Just no the, context just the at picture. All. <laughs> just the picture. Tweets with no context. There you go. Uh, favorite Lou Brown quotes. First one. Do it in the voice. I don't know, Charlie. I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. Let me get back to you. Okay. And then the second one, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. Those are my two favorites. Putting it all together, Pepper. Putting it all together, Pepper. Always, you have a very good impression. Yeah, all it's, right. it's, it's the cigarettes. We've talked about that. We have. <laughs> sloppy joes <laughs> so, so two people did ask about the the brent impression last week <laughs> and uh of course it was skins um follow-up question who from the bbp is most likely to end up on an oxygen network episode of snapped i don't know what snapped is i have to be completely honest here so let's let's see here i'm guessing it's people that like lose their shit which right now Ooh, i'm at first it's a uh, each, each, each episode of this true crime series uh, examines a different felon, usually a female, who has committed a murder or attempted murder. Victim is usually a perpetrator's partner. Documentary style series interviews with friends and family members. Ah, wow, victims. Oh, I'm out because, like, I would. I, I've spent way too much money to keep Kelly alive. I'm not offing her at this point. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I personally will say no way because this kind of stuff scares me and messes with my conscience. So, nope. No, thank you. So, Aaron, it's you. It's I don't, Aaron. I'd be the one killed. What are you talking about? Your ex-wife. Your ex-wife offs you. <laughs> Somebody. Well, well, then you're then you're in the show. Yeah, yeah, that would. that's true. You could be. You are most likely to be in the show. I've ruffled enough feathers. There we go. <laughs> All right. Why, how has Zach Taylor been given the opportunity to be a head coach football or a head football coach in the NFL? Because They're he was a phenomenal out. offensive coordinator. Yeah. They went like 16 quarters without scoring a touchdown. He did a great job when he was here. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a Bengals podcast, but I mean, they did end up winning that game, didn't they? Yeah, he's one to know. He's one of 16 coaches in the NFL that's undefeated right now. There we go. Never lost. Wow. All right. What has happened for, or what has to happen for MyJ to break loose? These teams have been doubling him and doing quick passes, but I assume that formula will continue, right? We covered that. I mean, no. teams I are going to start. Teams are going to start offense. running regular offense, and he's going to be able to get to the quarterback because 
they're not going to be running gimmicks to try to keep him at bay. Like literally throw to the first option. If the first option is not open, then you're running. You still throw it to him. You're just tucking the <laughs> ball or you're tucking the ball and running. No. Penix will look at number two and then bang, get hit by Maja twice while on Saturday. While we're on the topic of the defense, has Sauce been targeted yet in man coverage and has he given up any receptions? I think once. I think once. And I think I don't I don't remember if it was complete or not. I think Murray State threw at him once. I mean, and, and even if it was completed, it was probably one of those like seven yard outs that yeah they caught while they while they fell down. So, thoughts on the three three five defensive formation? Personally, feel like it's run its course, and we need to shift to a more normal four man front, like a four two five, a four three, etc. You have thoughts on that? They've given up seven points on the season, fourteen points on the season so far. I while playing it's- vanilla. It's, I, uh, I, I fail to see the issue with the defense. This has been the uh, same because, conversation every single year. Right. I, I people, mean, the it, three, three, five is, is a college defense. It's not running the NFL. So people see it as gimmicky. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of, uh, and, and we'll see if this happens as the season goes on. I would like to see it be a little bit more opponent specific, right? If, if a team runs a lot, run more four down linemen. If a team's throw running four wide, five wide, then run the three three five, and that's you know the three three five is their base, I, I, and I don't have a problem with it. It's it's effective in doing what you ask it to do. Well, it seems we found Mike Tressel's BCJ burner. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> All right, if Luke Fickle were asked and he was being totally honest, would he say he was extremely happy with his working relationship with Mike Bone as his AD? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I got to take a call. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. I'll, say, I'll be right back. All right. It's probably calling to ask Luke Fickle how he feels about it. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Um, Next question. Are, All right, I'm back. Yep. Sorry. What, are, what, that was what are your personal song choices for opening kickoff and before tip-off? I'm, I'm crying, Mom. pump it up. No, you got to oh, pump yeah, it up. <laughs> you got to pump it up. In basketball, I'm still crime mob, knock if you buck, because that just gets me going. And then uh, football, maybe a little like Archie Evers- Eversall, like we read And I, I'd go with those two. I'd be okay if I never heard Seven Nation Army again, personally. Yeah, I just, I'd see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Jack Wright guy, so I might stab you the next time I see you. That's okay. fine. That would, that would, I guess, make me the one-up winner that week. And you know what? I, I would be able to uh, grace my presence to see the stabbing. So, and we can get it on film for the next episode of Snap, airing on Oxygen. So, yeah. we're really hitting on all cylinders on that one. I like uh, "Best of You" by Foo Fighters. I'd be totally okay if they started playing a little bit more rock. With with Nuck uh, if you buck, Nuck with, if you buck. With Nandy Bouchel on drums. Is that who it is? You didn't see that? Oh. The Will Ferrell? No, it's oh. the little girl. Oh. You haven't oh. seen the little 11-year-old girl that's had this like back and forth with Dave Grohl over quarantine? No. Uh, and then when they played the Staples Center, he flew her over from London and had, her play, and had her play Best of You like, to, in the encore. You got to look it up tonight. It's phenomenal. Like, I'm on it. She's 11, and she is on it. That's awesome. Like, Stick height all the way up above her head. Doing the, the high twirl. hat. Oh yeah, the twirl. Like yeah, she's on it. 
You're going to watch it when this podcast is done. You're going to hit me up and you're going to be like, holy shit. Aaron is pumped. Nandy Bouchelle. <laughs> All right. More to the point. Does the relatively sudden and somewhat unexpected move to the Big 12 move the timeline for new apparel deal? We covered that at length. Why the hell haven't they played more Prince at Nippert? I'm for all for more Prince. Absolutely. What Prince song would you go awesome. with, though, if you had to pick one out of his catalog to play on a fairly maybe like rotational basis every third game or so? Little Red Corvette. Okay. Did they did they play it last year when ECU was in town? Purple Rain? That would have been a nice one. I don't I, I can't answer that. I'm sure better than playing Bulls on Parade while South Florida is kicking your fucking teeth in. <laughs> did they play that? Yeah. Yeah. The he, minister he the minister of the minister of fun. DJ yeah. train. You know, I thought uh I thought it was no, pretty it wasn't DJ train. Wasn't it? No. Oh. Long story. When, right. when we were beating uh, UCLA, it was it was awesome having all those California yeah. songs and LA songs. That was perfect. Of course, you can't have coaching changes being discussed without Westside Jesus being discussed. So if Luke Fickle goes to UC, ban that ban that guy. <laughs> is Gary Combs on deck for UC? I kid, I kid. LMAO. There's a there's a good chance Gary Combs is looking for a job this offseason. So <laughs> yeah, well, so if if this is kind of through some of my group texts today. If you want to have a little bit of fun, just go on to Twitter and search Kerry Combs and just just scroll through. See what Ohio see. State fans are scroll through. <laughs> not happy with Westside Jesus. I'll tell you that. Is Tyler Scott the number one threat D coordinators have to watch out for going forward? No, but like I said, there's going to be an adjustment. Like they knew Michael Young. They knew Alec Pierce. They knew Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor. Tyler Scott, that field spot. We knew it because we've been watching, but nobody knew yet. We talked about this. Now there's going to be an adjustment. He's going to get a little extra attention. He's going to get a little a little shade. He's going to get a little safety over the top. We'll see what that opens up for everybody else. I also still think Tyler Scott just – Tyler Scott's always open. Throwing the damn I mean, ball. I mean, he, uh, some of those catches when they needed him in the second half, with Tyler Scott and Michael Young, like those are phenomenal catches. Yeah. Like Michael Young has a penchant for doing it, but man, Tyler Scott was showing that, like you said, Chad, if you just put it in the general vicinity, he's going to somehow come down with it. That's yep. it. Love that kid. And All the right. fact that you have Alec Pierce on the other side, God, I, can't, <laughs> I can't wait until, as you said, defense starts shading because I'm so high on Alec Pierce. So hopefully, hopefully it starts to happen. Moving on to the over. basketball side. Do you expect us to be in it until the end for Rayvon Griffith? Any updates no. since the coaches were allowed out on the road last week? Uh, since you likely didn't drop the men's basketball only practice gym from out of nowhere, how far along is that process? And do you expect to see it in the years ahead? Let me pull that up. That was a lot of shit. Uh, Rayvon Griffin, I, I don't, I don't get the sense he is. Uh, all that interested in staying home. So, I mean, do I think they could be in it until the end? Maybe, but I don't, I don't really get the, the overall vibe that, that it's trending in a good direction for the locals at that, at this point. Um, not much, man. Like I said, I, that's, that's just been so far down the list of priorities. Uh, Makes sense. 
coaches on the road. Like this is something that goes on for a while. So we'll have plenty of info on that. It just hasn't been something that I've been able to, to spend much time on the past two weeks. But, but it was just what uh, they, went, they went and saw the main targets that are already known, right? For yeah, the and they've, you know, basically what will happen from now on is, you know, they'll have an off day every week, and every week on that off day, the coaches will hit the road and, and watch some guys. What, uh, um, what what game is it? Is AAU fired back up? No, it? it's it's all on at, at schools. So it's right. like open gyms, workouts, right. Right. you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, the men's basketball only practice gym. I don't think it's very far along. I think it is definitely well behind an indoor practice facility for football, but it is something that is, you know, hanging around in the uh, subconscious of the athletic department. There we go. Big 12, baby. Big 12. Does the announcement that we are joining the Big 12 change the basketball recruiting board at all? Will they pocket a 22 scholarship and offer it to a higher rated 23 recruit that they may now be able to get in on? Someone who may not have considered us due to our previous conference affiliation? Um, does it change the, the board at all? Sure, because you've got more kids that are going to be willing to listen now. Um, I think what will be interesting is, you know, how much do they start to try to dip into the Southwest, down into Texas and Louisiana? We've already seen it with one kid. Sam Murray that they've started to show some interest in. Um, yeah, it changes the board for sure. Will they pocket a scholarship with the transfer portal? I don't think you pocket anything anymore, man. Cause it, it's not as cut and dry as it used to be. Now Wes has had a pretty good track record at Greensboro uh, of guys staying in his program, similar to, uh, to how Mick had things rolling here. But I mean, I think you're always planning for one or two guys to exit your program at the end of the season. Now, along with your seniors and, you know, if he gets it rolling, your guys that are going to be going professional, you know, a couple of years down the road. So I I don't think you pocket anything right now. I I think you just let the cards fall where they may. And, and the numbers, as we always say, will work themselves out. Do you, do you think the transfer portal stipulation of, of this all is kind of the, the one loss thing in the move to the Big 12? Because somewhat, I feel, yeah. like, I feel like it's got to open up numerous transfer eyes. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a lot different uh, quality of option, the same as you can in the recruiting world. The kids that are going to be willing to listen uh, are going to be more frequent if you're right. playing in the Big 12. So, yeah, absolutely. Especially basketball. I mean, Kansas and all the teams. So, yeah, big time. So we have a list of priorities for additional revenue and how the football program can use them. Great thread on the football board. What are the top two to three goals, whether capital improvements or salary pools, for additional revenue benefits to the basketball team? Gabe Madsen Memorial dictated practice, Jim? Dedicated. What did I say? Dictated. Oh. What's a dictated? Is that where somebody takes notes on a – I blacked out. <laughs> so I mean, many words. It's one of those longer right, questions. Right now, the, the it's 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 long term. The the future of building a basketball only practice facility that you know the team can go in and use at any given time, where it's not being used for volleyball or women's basketball or cheerleading or the dance team or uh, 
pickup games from people that work in the lender center or (laughs) um, there's a lot of things that that gym is used for. I I think that now that you're going to be in the big 12, is it something I think that was a priority if you stayed, if you were stuck in the American? No, but in the big 12, you know, there's a little, little extra cash flow. You can maybe come up with a $10 million, $5 million, you know, basketball only practice facility somewhere on campus or, you know, whatever. So I think that's, that's priority. Number one, I think you're always looking to upgrade locker room, uh, you know, player lounge type situations. That's always something that teams feel like they can, can do bigger and better. Um, but the, the practice facility thing, I think would be, uh, uh, that, you know, at the top of the list and, you know, the Gabe Madsen Memorial <laughs> dictated practice gym. Why not? Yeah, that's where we'll leave it. Shout out Gabe. All right. Um, so how much sawdust can you put into a rice crispy treat before people start to notice? My question is, are we talking like actual sawdust? Or are we talking like Kraft Parmesan cheese? No, which sawdust. Is also sawdust. Sawdust. Real sawdust. I mean, that's this is a meme sawdust. that this is a meme that goes back a long, long time to like the mid two thousands, where there was like a, a science project, and the kids standing there with like the the threefold, you know, uh, presentation, and people just started putting funny stuff <laughs> on the like. And one of them was, "How much sawdust can you put in a Rice Krispie treat before people notice?" And then people started making Rice Krispie treats with sawdust uh, just to see like how different, like this is what it looks like with 15% sawdust. This is what it looks like with 30% sawdust. Um, Zero, like 1%. If you put 1% of sawdust in my Rice Krispie treat, I would fucking notice. Later tonight on Snap. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would notice. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the picture right now. 15% 15% sawdust. You can you can already tell the difference easily. That's because it's 15% sawdust. Go, go take a little nibble of sawdust. One little nibble of sawdust. I'll pass on that, but <laughs> I mean I mean, yeah, zero. Right. Zero for me as well. You have something stinky that needs to go outside to the trash, and you're wearing socks and it's slightly raining. Some might call it drizzling. Uh, do you a put on shoes, sandals, house shoes? B go outside a, and just socks. Take the time to kind of condom. B you walk right over and you, sorry, a little digital underground for you. B okay. take off the socks and go outside barefoot. Or D I'll do it later and live with the smell. I wear slides only. I don't wear flip flops. So yeah, I'm going out in slides, regardless with well, socks. E. e what the hell do you think I had kids for? <laughs> Duh. Take this garbage out. Dad, it's raining. I don't give a shit. Take the garbage out. Eventually, Kelsey's going to wise up and start listening to know what your trickery is. <laughs> I'm putting shoes on. My my feet are very sensitive. That doesn't ste- surprise if me. If I step least. on a rogue rock, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty angry. Have you ever worn sandals? Like what what are you doing, man? Yeah, I do wear sandals. All right. What are football and basketball recruits saying about the pending move to Big 12? And that's the end of the mailbag. They're excited. Also fired up? They're fired up. Also fired up. All right. Well, that's the mailbag. Is that what they're telling you, Aaron? Are they excited? Are they pumped, Aaron? I think they're they're already tweeting about it. Like, yeah, of course they're excited. Like, 
they're out here just blaring the horn as much as anybody else. Who was it? JQ it. that tweet those might have been Doggett that said it's a bad day to be a Big 12 quarterback. I mean, they were all yeah. doing it. JQ Star did, yet. Big yeah. Shep did. Like that was great. AJ Sally. Your boy. Love to see it. All right. Well, I, I mean, guys, we, we did it. We did it. Yay. <laughs> I got to get Kelsey to bed here in like 13 minutes anyway. So there this might be like going forward, we might be an under like an hour and 45 minute podcast we'll uh, until I can get my wife home because I have to be a, I have to be a dad to actually be a dad. Now it's on you, Brent. This, this is hard. Well, this I'm, is hard. I mean, I don't think we're going to, we don't have Brady during the season, right? I don't think I haven't pushed the, the issue on that. So, right. Yeah. I think if he was going to come on, he'd hit me up and be like, we're yeah. good for tonight. And maybe, maybe by week, maybe, next maybe by, yeah, maybe, maybe not next week, but the following, cause we're going to want to talk Indiana next week. Right. Yeah. Well, no. Well, Oh yeah. Oh, the, the game. Yes. Right. The right, week, right. the Monday after the bye week. Right. Might be a, a good time to, but that's Notre Dame prep week. So. Well, we'll still do plenty of Notre Dame prep. Right. No, if no, Kelly's, if no. Kelly's oh, no, not home saying. by then, I'm going to lose my mind. Right. Snapped. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I'll just be stabbing the empty side of the bed. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Kelsey, put yourself to bed. <laughs> Find your own ride to school. I got you. I got All you. right. Get us All out right. of here, man. We did it, guys. Big, uh, big weekend ahead. I, it, and if I, I cannot stress to you guys. Get to the tailgate fields early if you're going to be in Bloomington. If you're going to go to Bloomington the day of the game, you better leave at like 6 a.m. Because getting into Bloomington is a nightmare. If, if you're leaving from Cincy to Bloomington, man, leave at like maybe 5 or 4 a.m. I, I, it's basically one lane. People, are, people will be waking up in Bloomington around 5 to 6 to get ready for this tailgate. I'm talking about traffic. Getting there on yeah, that one no. lane road. Well, there's there's construction everywhere, as there obviously is in Cincy. But yes, getting to Bloomington will be tough. Because I think for leave Cincy, early. Cincy, do you have to go up to Indianapolis and then down to Bloomington? No, the quickest way is to go over and take that one lane road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty like scenic. Seventy four. Yeah, but it's a one lane road with. Right, seventy thousand people trying to get to the same place. Leave early, guys. It's going to be early. Be a lot of fun. Go through Oxford and hit two seventy. Yeah, but the problem is when you get thirty miles from Bloomington, you have seventy thousand people trying to get to the same place on a one lane road. Yikes! And a lot of the mentalities is yes, it's going to be an awesome game, but we got to get there early for the tailgate. So it's going to traffic will pile up early, but. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. It's going to leave be early. That's fantastic. Just, that's your that's your public service announcement. Yeah. Whatever you were planning on doing, leave earlier than that. Yep. Promise. The uh, Indian Hoosiers they've got high hopes for the season, even though the uh, Iowa game didn't go the way the way they wanted. It's going to be a pop and pop place. Memorial Stadium. Get there early. Tailgate fields. Yet again, Chad Breda will be at the Holy Grail Banks. Check him out for the. Pre-game show leading into the BCJ wash party. Aaron Smith, not sure what you'll be doing, but I'm sure you'll be repping the Bearcats mighty well like you always do. Neither of you, neither of you are going. No. I I have a wedding. 
Um, you son of a bitch. You're fired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. I uh, Are you seriously? Are you fucking kidding me? No, I, I, I have a wedding. <laughs> what a way to end the pod. This one is in Indianapolis, though, which is good. But then also, I can't say after this, it is, it is wide open. Nothing else for the rest of for the rest of the season. So I need you to send me some money back from the check I just sent you. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly fine by me. Uh, no. I need a refund. I need a refund. <laughs> it's a, uh, a big time atmosphere this weekend. Get there early. The Bearcats versus the Hoosiers. Yet again, this is another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com.